June 9th, 1994. This was a Father's Day letter from my mother to her father, who was Big Daddy, who was also my second father, since my upbringing was between my own parents and my maternal parent, my maternal grandparents. Her letter said, why you are a special dad. You never were one to state your feelings, so we learned to read your actions and knew you loved us. Mother was always making you hug us and tell us you loved us, which is good. We all need to learn how to express ourselves to others. But you had already established from our childhood ways that we knew you would be there to teach us, provide for us, protect us, and love us. You once told me that you would be totally content living in a shack beside a stream, sitting on the bank with a fishing pole. So I knew that when you were working full-time and part-time jobs, that it wasn't because you wanted more material things in life. It was so we could have all the things you never had because you thought we would want more. You taught us that hard work is important so we can give to others. We read that letter in our Bible class, but we already knew it from your example. Things like this make me wish I had kept a diary. I am embarrassed by all I have forgotten. Below are listed only a few of the things that I remember about our childhood. There is so much I have forgotten, but subconsciously it is still there and has formed my personality. When you see good and caring in our lives, it is because we learned it in childhood from parents that taught us by actions and not only by words. Articles that I have read said a child's personality is formed by the age of three, and I don't remember anything that young. Possibly when I was age four, my first recollection was not of you, but being told you were coming home. We were on Walnut Street, it was raining, and the streets were all flooded. This probably was a source of aggregation, and this probably was a source of aggravation to grown-ups, but to us it was our own private stream in which we could splash and play. But this time it wasn't just us children wildly stirring up the water. There were adults running around in the rain and it seemed everyone was happy and jumping up and down because the soldiers, and especially you, were coming home. While riding in the car, we would come to a railroad, railroad crossing. As we sat in the car, waiting for the train to go past the crossing gates, mother would tell us to wave at the soldiers coming home and say maybe you would be on the train. You weren't, of course. We never knew why until just recently. We wouldn't have understood the politics and union policies at that time anyway. Possible age five. I remember only receiving one spanking from you. We were on 7th Avenue and were supposed to stay home by ourselves since you and mother were both working. But we got bored and were in the yard when one of our neighbors yelled at us to come and watch while they drove their soapbox car down the backyard embankment. We were having fun so the time passed quickly. You came home and couldn't find us. When we finally came home, you were relieved to see us and angry at the same time. You swatted both of us as we ran up the hillside steps into the house. You started crying. I had never seen you cry before. I had watched you. I had watched as you had thrown pens across the room that wouldn't write but never cry. I felt badly that we had caused you that much grief, but it stressed how greatly you loved us. Possibly age 10. When our baby sister died at birth, you sent us to Aunt Ethel's for a time. We have fond memories of Aunt Ethel and her farm. 
Every child should get a chance to milk a cow, gather chicken eggs, play with baby pigs, work in a garden, use an outhouse during the day, and a pot during the night. I know we weren't any help to Aunt Ethel, and she only let us work as long as we wanted, and then we would go play. We and the dogs would chase the chickens around the yard after she chopped off their heads. Aunt Ethel took us to swim in the springs. We enjoyed the water except for the leeches that would get on us. We watched while Aunt Ethel destroyed a nest of cottonmouth snakes with a hatchet. That makes an impression on you. It seemed to let us know that a person could do whatever had to be done, whether it was frightening or not. If Aunt Ethel was ever afraid, she never let on to us, and I never sensed it. Once, a tornado was in the distance, and she made us get in the back of her pickup truck, and she headed for the road. Apparently, she felt she could be mobile and stay out of its path. I still have a scar from a wasp sting that I received coming out of one of the barns. It really hurt. I tried not to cry. I remember my sister starting to throw a chicken on me because I'm afraid of feathers. Grandma Norris stopped her and made her go in the house as punishment for trying to scare me. When you came to take us home, you asked if I wanted to go hunt frogs for dinner. You had your gun. You seemed very uneasy and kept asking me questions about our stay and if I missed the dog back in Indiana. I could tell you were concerned about something. When more questions kept coming about my feelings for my dog, I sensed there was something wrong. I asked if the dog was dead. You seemed surprised and said it was, and that it had gotten run over by a car while you were backing up. I could tell you loved me because you were worried about making me sad with the news. Possible age 11. While living on Lineberg Road, a mirror fell off our bedroom wall and shattered in the night. Normally, you were a sound sleeper and hard to wake, but before the mirror finished hitting the floor, you thought someone was breaking into our bedroom window to get us. I didn't understand why anyone would want to do that, but knew as long as there was breath in your body and strength in your arms, you would never allow that to happen. I remember you tried to grow a garden and I enjoyed helping you. I thought turning over the potatoes was great fun. There were strawberries and carrots, I think, but I don't remember what else. Possibly age 12. I remember how happy you were when when you were baptized. I never understood why you waited so long, but thought you were probably raised to be good and taught that all good people would go to heaven, so didn't think it was necessary. As a child, it seemed like a simple plan God had made. I convinced myself that you would someday come to that conclusion since you had an intelligent, logical mind like I had inherited. Possibly age 16. As soon as we learned to drive, you bought us a car and tried to show us how to take care of it. You traded it in for a nicer one later as you had the money. Although you wanted us to have nice cars, I could tell the danger involved was worrisome to you. You really didn't want us to have small cars, but since we wanted them, you relented and provided what we wanted. I always tried to drive carefully. I knew if anything happened to us while driving, you would blame yourself and feel responsible. If you didn't love us, you, would have cared, you wouldn't have cared about our safety. Possibly age 18. When we went to college, you and mother paid our way. We would come home for the weekends, and when we went back on Monday, you would give us some spending money. Very few college students had automobiles or cash to spend. I knew there were some richer, I knew there were some there richer than our family, but you still sacrificed to provide the luxury of college, cars, clothes, etc. Possibly age 21. While in San Antonio, Texas, you committed 
us to the Circle 8. We thought we couldn't afford it, but you knew it would be worth the small sacrifice we would pay. You were always wanting the best for us and helped teach us about investments. This has continued up until now with the blue mist. You have foresight and optimism and have tried to instill that in us and our children. Age 26. You were there at the birth of Chuck. I remember starting to wake up from the anesthesia and you were standing there. I said something silly and you said the baby was already born and it was a boy. I remember very little after that, but you were there. There's so much I can't remember clearly. Only brief glimpses. You're teaching me to ride a bike. You were running along behind the bike and I wondered how you could run that fast. When I looked back, you were standing in the background watching me take my first ride by myself. <clears throat> you taught me to ride a scooter, throw a ball, play basketball. I remember how impressed I was that mother was such a good shot. You bought me a BB gun and showed me how to aim. You taught me to skate. I remember one bad fall while we were couple skating. Good thing I had strong bones from being fed good healthy food. You taught me to bowl. I was proud at yours and mother's bowling trophies. You tried to teach me to swim. Failing that, I can dog paddle quite well. <laughs> One of the sayings I heard from you, which has been helpful during my life, is the more you get to know people, the more you love your dog. I've thought of this often when people have let me down. I know I am not alone in experiencing disappointment because you must have too or you would not have made that statement. I think about how people disappoint us and then I can realize it can, and then I realize it can be nothing like God's disappointment in the world he so lovingly created. You and mother have been an encouragement to me to keep learning every day and not let myself become stale. I love to watch you work on the computer, your computerized phone and address book and other modern day inventions. I know you get frustrated, but you keep on trying and don't let it get you down. This is a great lesson for me. Though your health is not as good as yesterday, you keep going and don't stop. I want to be able to do the same as I get older. I want to be an example to my children, as you and mother have been to me. I love you. And that was from my mother to her father. <clears throat>